on TV, online, and on demand in MP4 format encoded at 48,000 Hz, this is EPT Not Live. Hello, my babies, and welcome to EPT Not Live. I am Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. He is my work wife, James Hardigan. Hello. Hey, buddy boy. I'm back in England, and I am jet-lagged AF. I, have you not been able to solve this with medication? Uh, I actually did sleep last night. Like, I feel like a new man today, but yesterday it was really, really bad. I, I got back... My flight landed at 3.30 in the afternoon. I went to bed about 9.30 at night. Woke up at 2.30 in the morning. I was up yesterday from 2.30 to midnight. Ugh. Like, what is that? 20, 22 hours or something? 20, Almost a, a day, half yeah. Hours. I mean, that's two days in a row like that because of the flight, too. So, uh, yesterday was a weird day for me. But uh, coming up on today's show, it's the Barcelona preview show. Yes, it is. Looking ahead to the first top of season 13. See, lucky number season 13. I wonder if we'll even make it through season 13. Something bad might happen. Coming up on the show is today's guest, Olivia Barri, who is supposed to be in Barcelona to make this contextual, but I don't think she's going to be there when we speak to her. I believe she is going to be en route. We'll be speaking to her midway through her bizarre multi-connection route Barcelona to get to Barcelona. via Munich. <laughs> yes. That old chestnut. Uh, we'll probably talk to her about effective simulations or altruistic meteor showers or whatever the F she's into these days. Also, speaking of EPT Barcelona, I've got a great Sandy the Degenerate fuck story coming up from Barcelona from a few years back. Remember, we protect the identity of, of Sandy. We will know Sandy's gender this time around, by the way the story goes down, but one of those for you. And super fan versus Stapes, we've got Andy Harper... Who wants to be quizzed on Mr. Phil Locke, who is my all-time favorite poker player. So I'm hoping I can at least stay competitive in this one. Because sometimes, even though it's something I like, I just get shellacked. That tends to what happened. You won last week. I did win last week. That's my first win in a while. But like, remember, I'm like, oh, Aliens. That's the first DVD I ever had. Yeah. Eh, lost that one. Basically, anytime you say I have a fighting chance or anytime you say, yeah, this is one of my favorite movies or one of my favorite subjects, you're fucked. Yeah. So today I got a message when I came in the building um, as soon as my phone got on Wi-Fi from Matt Broughton. Yeah. And it said, do you know Game of Thrones at all? Or, and I was like, when is this message from? I couldn't remember if, I, if this was like an old message that had just come through. Now, there's a reason why he's asking about that. Right, because I assume that the next show is this. Well, the next show will be EPT Not Live at EPT Live. We'll be yeah. recording it in Barcelona. And the super fan will be EPT floor person Luca Vivaldi. And Luca's specialist subject is specifically season six, the most recent season of Game of Thrones. Luca Vivaldi is going to challenge me to Game of Thrones. The thing is, I've seen every episode but one. I have the last episode of the of the most recent season. I would recommend yet. getting to the end of the season before we record the podcast yeah. on day three I'll of the main do, event. I'll do my best. The problem is HBO Go doesn't work here. So I gotta I gotta pirate the show, which is fine because I pay for it. Like I have an HBO Go subscription. Whatever. I'm it's not sure it works like that. Uh Joe, I know we originally said that we weren't gonna do a news segment in this show because there wasn't really anything going on that we were gonna yeah. discuss. Until I wake up this morning and find that Daniel Negrano has launched a bloody podcast. 
I know. I saw that. We're screwed. There goes our audience. There go all our subscribers. I think that that's not true at all. I think that anyone that listens to this show will listen to both. I don't think people are going to ditch us for that show. I'd like to think so. Also, just getting the uh, the kind of SP from Full Contact Poker, which is Daniel's site, it seems that the idea of this podcast, and I imagine it's not going to be weekly, it's probably going to be ad hoc when Daniel has yeah. time, is to sit down with some of the most powerful people in poker. Well, if there's something I can guarantee you about this podcast is you rarely hear no. from anyone with mm-hmm. any power whatsoever. Nope. So like he's speaking to his own agent, super agent Brian Bolsber this week, and he says he's going to sit down with like, you know, some of the industry chiefs in future episodes. Um Less than an hour. I'm sure it's a good listen. Haven't had a chance to listen to it yet other than the intro, which says it's the full contact poker podcast uh, with Daniel Negranu. And here's your host, Daniel Negranu, which I felt was a little bit unnecessary. Was that? I mean, maybe it's a joke. Maybe it's like uh, ironic. Possibly. Uh, James, um, speaking of um, downloading shows and pirating things, I, I, I owe you a basket, a preemptive basket of apology kittens because... You know how every year you get me something for my birthday on iTunes, and then invariably I'm always like, hey, can you, like, resend me that thing? Yes. I can't find the email where you sent me the Friday Night Lights thing, and so I'm sorry, but I needed it because I wanted to download it on my way out here, but I was like, I can't ask him again. I've asked you for, like, the for the West Wing. I was like, can you send me that again for Singing in the Rain? Can you send me that again? So I'm like, I'm sorry. I, need, I can't find it anywhere. The I, weird thing is, what you need to do is... As soon as you receive the gift, cash it in because right. you don't have to download well, it at that point. Right. The problem usually what here's why I don't do it is because what'll happen is I'll you'll send it to me when I'm in America generally, and then I'll go to use it and it's always for the UK store. And I'm like, oh, oh, I'm not on the UK device. And so Joey Big Phone is my UK device. Right. And so I was like, Oh, I'm going to England. I'm gonna use the thing, you know, the for Friday night lights now. So Anyway, if you could please send me that again. I also need to send a basket of apology kittens, uh, one each, to uh, to James and Chris, who are two super fans that I forgot to mention when I was going on my road trip a couple of weeks ago through the U.S. Both these guys reached out when I was in Nashville, and they were like, hey, we'd, I separately, I'd really like to meet up for a drink. And I was like, you know what? I like to interact with the people. I like to like give back where I can. And these two guys came and met me at a bar in Nashville. We had a great time. Uh, got to know those guys a little bit. This guy, Chris, has been listening to stuff I've been doing since like the mid-2000s. Uh, and James, what I thought was awesome, James is like a very religious guy but loves poker. And like it's kind of like his like vice, his like thing to like <laughs> come out and like, you know, and hang out and play poker. He plays a lot of play money on poker stars in America. It's like his it's like his one like thing that he does. So I had a really good time meeting those guys. And I wanted to say I'm sorry for not mentioning you on last week's show because it did really add to my trip a lot. So thanks a lot, guys, for coming out. Wow. Two baskets of apology kittens. Three. Already unleashed. Three. Three. Yeah. Three. Wow. Uh, let's go through some tweets in reaction to last week's show. Of course, people delighted that EPC Not Live is back after a six-week break, including Spear, Poker Spear, a former super fan, excited the show's back. He's on vacation in the Dominican Republic, but made the time to catch up with us. <laughs> However... And we're going to kind of give him a pass here because he's probably not that in tune with what's going on on social media at the moment. He started a campaign last night to get Joe his blue check mark. pretty much one week after Joe finally received <laughs> his blue check mark. Oops, that's not the right sound drop. That's Merry Christmas. Ah, that's fine. That's right, my babies. Like four hours after I was done bitching and moaning about how I 
James got the blue check mark before me. Mine came through later that night. Oh, good for you. And uh, I happened to, you know that Suicide Girls radio show I do occasionally? Yeah. I had just done the show that night, and then we were out having drinks afterward. Um, two very pretty girls, and they had a guest on. So it was like three hot girls and me out. And I like I was like looking at my phone, and I realized, I was like, I got the email. And then I just got up and just started fist pumping in the bar. And they're like, what's up? Well, like, what's happening? And I was like, it's so stupid, guys. Like, you're going to be not, <laughs> you're going to be really embarrassed. Like, I'm kind of embarrassed that I care this much about what just happened. They're like, what, what, what? I'm like, I just got verified on Twitter. And you know what? They were thrilled. Like, they actually didn't think it was stupid. And one of them legitimately, like, I don't know if you saw the thing I posted. So I like texted, um, I texted like the, the, the email to Jesse, like a screenshot. And he wrote back, oh man, you're going to get so much more pussy now. And then he's like, well, probably the same amount, but they're going to be slightly more into it. And I swear to God, James, one of the three girls, the second I said that was all of a sudden interested in me. And she's like, let's do a celebratory shot. So we did one. And then afterwards she kissed me. See, ladies and gentlemen, this is Los Angeles. It's uh Thank you, blue check mark, everybody. <laughs> and now from now on, when I'm just like I'm just gonna refer to the blue check mark, and I think that I may start wearing a shirt with a blue check mark on it and just tap it when people question me. Refer refer to the check mark. Oh please. my god. Uh, I'm a monster. You've created a monster. Michael says, Great you're back, boys. Uh Jamie Robinson is glad the podcast is back. Been far too long. Great show as always. Pedro says he didn't realise how much he missed EPC Not Live until he got to listen to the new one. Great episode and great to see a Canadian in the November nine, referring of course to Griffin Benger, who was last week's guest. Very loud, but loud and proud, Canada is. Robin, also delighted to have Griffin on the show. Another great episode. Loved hearing from Griffin. Go, go, Canada. Take down the World Series of Poker main event. Chris Gumprich says, Guess I'm not really an EPT Not Live super fan because I, too, thought that Griffin Benger had already guested on the show. See? I guess it's just such a good fit. Don't be a hoser, eh? Win. Go, go Canada. And let's say thank you to Patrick Winterbottom and Simon Baker, not the mentalist, for spreading the word about EPT Not Live because last week, Olivier Bosquet was asking about poker podcasts because he's been kind of oh. away from the scene for a while. And both Patrick and Simon recommended EPT Not Live saying it's a great show. We haven't um, talked shit about Olivier Bosquet, have we? I know, I'm sure you haven't, but have I? Joe, it's hard for me to keep track <laughs> of poker players that you just kidding, shit Olivier. Just kidding. I'm smart enough these days to leave leave names off of things. Anyway, it is delightful to have you back in the room, Joe. Delightful know, to have fun. you back in London, back in the UK. Uh, I'm sorry that you're feeling the effects of the journey. I guess on previous trips you've been coming from New York, so it's a shorter time difference. Yeah, and also it's been a while. You must be very entrenched in Pacific time. Right yeah, now. exactly. Like you know, I just haven't been over here in a while, and you get used to it. You know, like to never sleeping or sleeping in dribs and drabs. And do you have? I have a really hard time. Like I have no problem falling asleep on flights, and I don't know if this is a me thing or just a human thing, but. You know, most people, when they can't sleep on a flight, it's because, like, their neck hurts or something, right? And I get that. Yeah, totally. I, 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 I really struggle to sleep on planes. I've always had an issue with it. But that. for me, my main issue is I wake up every few minutes because my arms fall asleep. Like, where my elbows yeah. sit on the... Ra- like, it, it, they get really sore, and I get pins and needles in my fingers, like, almost instantly. So I'm waking up every 10 minutes. I had a very close call on the flight where uh, the flight attendant formerly known as stewardess, uh, was opening a can or bottle of soda water next to me and it sprayed all over my computer. Wow. 
like all over. And like, you know, you have to act fast in these situations. Absolutely. And you got to like dab. You can't wipe. You got to like dab. And luckily I got most of it up. And then you, what I, I don't know if this works or not. Close it up, flip it upside down. And let it all kind of like. Yeah. So it just doesn't go inside the computer. Close call there. Well, the fact that we're hearing noises from your computer implies that you haven't screwed it up. Or she hasn't screwed it up. Right. I think we're in the clear. I, I just sort of you, you, we, were, we talked about this a bunch. How your you know your eyes like constantly drawn to what other people are watching on the flight. But for me, it's not true. I don't find that. Oh, I'm I mentioned always... last week the guy who was obsessing over what I was watching on that flight, and you did mention that yes, you occasionally. Glance. I can't not watch like what other people are watching, and it really sucks because a lot of times it's a movie I haven't seen, and like I just can't do. It. It's the same reason I have a problem uh, reading comic books. Because my eyes always darting across to like the other page or the other panels. There was this, is it okay? Are we allowed to use the word chavy? No, I think that's probably a no-no. Okay. Well, there was a whatever, like kind of sort of trashy English couple sitting across the aisle from me. And they, I guess in the Virgin Flights now, you can link up your screen so that you can watch something at the same time. Oh, that's a really good idea. Yeah. So, well, either that or they perfectly simultaneously three two one play and they um they quit watching the revenant about 30 minutes through and i was just like i wanted to go over and be like excuse me do you get this movie is a masterpiece what the fuck are you two doing i'm gonna give them a pass maybe they thought do you know what this film needs to be seen on at least a 40 inch screen Fair. and maybe this is a movie that you cannot properly appreciate on a shitty screen on a plane. Fair. Maybe that's what happened because the movies that they then chose to watch and made it all the way through were like embarrassing. What? Not being funny. I find I watch the shittiest I movies sometimes. Okay. On planes. That's fair. If it's on my iPad, it's fine. But if it's on the awful screen, you can never get the contrast, right? The brightness is always too high. You can never get the audio. And right. the Revenant is like every single shot in that is a is a fucking masterpiece do so. you find with the audio on in-flight movies that it's either so quiet you can't hear the dialogue or massively over distorted there's no middle ground it's tough like i could never watch like an avengers movie on an airplane just because it's i just imagine it would just be just a complete mess of noise the entire time i actually had a minor meltdown because i forgot my noise canceling headphones <gasps> for an 11 hour flight that's and the I was worst like, thing i was like no <laughs> luckily i have these like in-ear sport ones no. and it was fine you sure uh, yeah it was fine even my ipad was loud enough so i i was very lucky but uh yeah i was able to uh i'm still trying to get th- i couldn't watch friday night lights i'm still getting through the americans and i love that show so i'm doing that one right now do you want to play a quick game okay all right we're gonna play the uh remember the time you saw the celebrity at the airport and we played a game oh yes right, i guess we're gonna yes. do a similar game which celebrity was on my flight I'm going to allow you to ask uh, some questions till we get there. Okay. I'm going to give you a... a it's a, a movie star. It's a woman. Okay. Female. Um, huge movie star for like five years in the late 90s, early 2000s. But Ooh. has not been around that much since. Like worked, but not the same type of star so big star late 90s early 2000s like one of the biggest i'll call like one of the biggest movies i think of like 1999 Ooh, okay um yes or uh yes or no questions well i'll keep track of how many questions you ask how many it takes to get in is she american i gotta look i don't know it's one of those that could be either one this is a good start isn't it 
I know her name. Uh, not American, but also not English. Is she Australian? No. Oh, this is interesting. I'm sorry. What do you mean by she's not the United States of America? Okay, so from the continent of America. Correct. North American. Yes. Canadian. Yes. Canadian actress, big in the 90s and early 2000s. One of the biggest movies of 1999. Let me just double check that too. Yes. When you say biggest movies, you mean box office or just in terms of profile? Both. Big movies of 1999. Phantom Menace. Eyes Wide Shut. American Beauty. I can't look at you because when you say when you, I'm I'm gonna have like a reaction when you say Magnolia. The movie. I have to turn away from the microphone slightly. Oh, I'm really gonna struggle with this. You could ask me some questions about genre. Was it a comedy? No. Action film? Yes. Was it Mission Impossible 2? No. Was it The Matrix? Yes. Carrie Ann Moss. Correct. Wow, I got there! Carrie Ann Moss is on my flight, which I thought was pretty cool. And also, there was some big celebrity in... So Carrie Ann Moss is in front of me, and there was some big celebrity in line behind me because everyone kept telling her what a fan they were. They're like, oh, I love your shows, and she's a pretty blonde girl. And I was really disturbed by the fact that I had no idea who she was and uh this guy walks up and like we're both like unloading our stuff onto like the trays at the same time at security and this the guy's like oh hey he's like what's the deal like why are there all these celebrities and she's like everyone's going back to work so like Karen Moss uh, was going to London the girl behind me was going to Vancouver like I guess everyone goes to LA for the weekend and he's like I'm a really big fan and she says thanks and I looked at her I was like oh I, I, I thought he was talking to me and she looked at me and goes I'm sure he's a big fan of yours too. <laughs> and then I wanted to be like, wait, wait, really? But I, I was smart enough. To, it's weird so. because you're right in the sense that she was off the radar for a while, but of course now she's part of the whole Marvel thing because she's one of the main characters in Jessica Jones and she popped up in season two of Daredevil oh, as well. Oh, right, Jessica So she's one Jones. of the main characters I forgot in, about that. In, that, in that world. You know, I quit Jessica Jones. It wasn't great. It felt that it had been stretched out over too many episodes. I think it would have been a good eight episode season. I went on a date in LA with a fairly prolific writer who's writing the newest Marvel female Netflix show. Right. And she told me some interesting things that I probably have to tell you off off uh Ooh, off the recording. I can't because I, I can't I love do the it goss. to her. I love the goss. While we're talking about movies and TV shows, I know you are aching to tell me your thoughts on Suicide Squad. So much so that you couldn't help yourself. Yesterday, yeah. you just had to go into a full Suicide Squad rant. I mean, I won't go into it too much because like, it's not as fun if you haven't seen it. I'm dying to see what Matt thought because what happens is Matt was like crazy excited for this movie. I was like, it's going to be a steaming pile. I went to see it. It was a steaming pile. It was a more steaming, bigger pile than I could have possibly imagined. And you know me. I want to like movies. Of course. I, I think everyone goes to movies wanting to like them. Well, a lot of people are haters and they're like, this sucks, that sucks. I like, you know, I love Fast Furious. I like most of the Marvel movies. I'm like, yeah, it was awesome. Like, I'm not that hard to please. This movie was so, so bad. So I'm really interested to talk to Matt about it. If hopefully he's seen it. Um, 
I would just, my quick one sentence review is this. It is worse than Batman versus Superman, but not as good as Flash Gordon. Right. So what you're saying is it's so bad, it's not good. It's just bad. Yes. Like it is, it is just like, it's yeah. Like somehow, somehow Flash Gordon is a better movie than Suicide Squad. Like just in story, yeah. It's, it's it's look. It's the special effects are, haven't dated well. There's some really wooden performances in it, but it's fun. It's an enjoyable ride. Exactly. And this movie Not has enjoyable. has some fun moments. Harley Quinn's pretty cool. I'm like, you know, everyone's kind of saying the same things. She's pretty awesome. It is nonsensical. It is laughably bad. Like, and basically, my friend had to look over at me and go, like, hey, man, like, I know that you think this is bad, but, like, some people might be enjoying it, so could you try to, like, stop laughing so much at some what, of this stuff? What went wrong? Is it just too many cooks? Well, Reshoots, yeah. recuts? Well, what they did was, and it's, it's probably pretty well known at this point, but the first trailer that came out was so widely was that the one with like the eerie version of the Bee Gees song rather than the bohemian rhapsody one yes that was the first one that yeah because trailer... i thought that looked really good yeah and then when the bohemian rhapsody trailer came out i thought this looks really shit yeah no the first one like everyone loved that trailer so much that the movie studio actually hired the company that made the trailer to edit the actual movie right and to let them suggest reshoots and so some of the reshoots are very clear. Like you can just tell like where something was inserted. I mean, the movie is empirically bad. Like there's a scene where uh, there's a jump cut, like someone is standing and then they cut to the next shot and they're sitting. I mean, it's just not a very good movie and it just makes no sense whatsoever. Like totally nonsensical parts of it are super fun. Parts of it are crazy fun. Like it had the most potential other than Batman, right? Like take Batman out of it. Cause I think Batman is the most compelling DC character because he's a human being because like he actually has more Marvel characteristics than most like the DC universe. They're just gods. You know what I mean? Like they're just not compelling characters yeah. when they're, when two P two things that can't die fight each other. Um, so this had like the most potential of all of like the, the DC properties, I think. And they just, blue it's so badly and i think it's ill-conceived like i just don't even get it well as i said I, I the first trailer sort of piqued my interest second trailer didn't when the reviews came out the first two i read one was time out magazine the other was empire magazine and both gave it four stars i thought all oh, right maybe it's worth seeing but it seems i literally chose a very small sample size and somehow ended up reading the only two positive reviews written by anyone. No, look, my friend is a movie snob. I went with my two friends, right? One who's a movie snob and one who like, I have to drag him to the cinema. The drag him to the cinema one, um, but does like, but mostly likes dumb movies, right? Like we, he's always like, I thought it was good. He walked out of Haywire, okay? I loved Haywire. My friend walked out of I it. I loved Haywire. I thought it was right. awesome. I thought it was awesome too. He walked out of it. Huh. He's sitting in Suicide Squad going, I want to go. How much longer is this movie? My movie snob friend liked it. Thought it was pretty good. Weird. I think some people are just natural born contrarians, but I had to go see it right away because I was afraid if I got to Barcelona, I wasn't going to get the chance. Well, let's talk about Barcelona because this is the EPT Barcelona preview show. And let's set the scene with some music you're going to hear seven times over the course of our live streaming from the EPT. Here is the theme from EPT 13 Barcelona. This one's from heart to my 
what's the name of that band? Brumford and Bros? Uh, are you claiming that it, it might be a ripoff of a popular new folk classic? Yes, I think that it's really <laughs> going to confuse people. I think people, I think we're going to get a lot of what face on Twitch. Are we still on Twitch in Barcelona? Of course we're still on Twitch Woo, in Barcelona. We're still on Twitch, Kappa. Yes, so I imagine that, yes, a lot of people will be asking for the name of that track. It is called Won't You Come Home, and as ever, it's from the popular free music site audio network yeah give it up for royalty free music uh so you mentioned that we are on twitch we're of course on youtube pokestars.tv remains the host channel and if you want to see the full schedule for ept live which starts on the 22nd of august pokestars.tv slash live all the details are up there we're also going to be on facebook live for the first time oh. ever of course facebook have launched their live streaming so hopefully we'll get a few more viewers through that portal as so well when i when i post about this on facebook i should link it to the facebook absolutely. live stream okay that's absolutely fun. um of course it's a pretty long festival which is kicking off today i believe i mean it's 11 days of poker and we're only going to be there for seven days of it you're going to have the 10k at the front end you've got the Australia's main event which we know is always huge huge uh, the EPT begins with a super high roller, the 50K super high roller. And at the same time, there's a 2K Estrella's high roller. Both of those events are going to be covered on EPT Live. That's how we're going to start our streaming. On Monday the 22nd, final table of the 50K event, starting at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, Central European time. And the very next day, another final table, the 2K Estrella's high roller, an event I don't think we've ever covered before. No, that's great. I'm... Uh... And there's always, like, all the heroes play that, so it should be pretty good. So we start with two back-to-back final tables on the Monday-Tuesday, and then from Wednesday, uh, we pick things up with the main event. The 5K EPT main event had a record-breaking field last year, saw John Joanda win it, and we're going to follow that through from day two through to its conclusion. Five days of main event coverage. Cards up every day still? No, cards down for main event. Ooh. Now, I knew that question would come up. Yeah. We are cards up for three days for the three final tables. Rest of the time, we are genuinely live, no longer on a delay, starting at noon Central European time. I think it's fair to say that we are still assessing the Monaco experiment. And we did make it clear it was just an experiment. I don't think there was any uproar. I was going to say, is there is someone like got their panties in a bunch? About it wasn't it or what? so much the fact there was negativity. I think it was the lack of positivity that maybe is the oh, people question. just didn't love it. People just well, didn't freak out. I, do you agree with me that generally the response was pretty apathetic from the core audience? I get I like there wasn't rapturous applause. Wa- yeah, there wasn't really a response. I guess it wasn't that the response was apathetic. It's just that it was like, okay, you're doing this now. Now, the key question we have to ask, and the reason why we want to defer making a decision long term, is twofold. Is it worth doing? And I ask that in a financial sense, because bear in mind, it's not just a case of pressing one button. There are technical, personnel and security costs attached to it. But more than the money, it's not about the money. It's about TV, because when we get to January, when we get to the start of 2017, our aspiration, our ambition is to start making TV shows again from the preliminary days of the main event. We don't want to just be showing final tables. Yeah. Okay. Now, if that's the case, we're going to have a problem. If we're expected to change the feature table every level or every break, that's going to fuck the TV shows. Okay, so we're going to go back to cards down so that way we can keep a feature table for half a day if we need to, to go back to making, telling longer poker stories. My view is, Joe, that we shouldn't be putting the webcast before the TV highlight shows. It's a bigger platform. It's more important. You know I prefer the TV shows. I would rather put more, you know, I'd rather have the TV shows be better too. So to preserve that, 
for the moment, we're kind of questioning what we can and can't do. No decision has been made yet, but I think it's highly unlikely that decision will be made before the end of 2016. So expect the pattern for Barcelona to be repeated in Malta and Prague for the next two stops. Because it's like, what, four days of cards up and three days of cards down or something like that? It's not like people weren't watching before. And I know you get the inevitable questions. Why no whole cards? We can still explain that. I have fun answering those questions for the first day. But crucially, I'd like to think that the core audience, the EPT Live fans will still be with us. We've got some great competitions lined up. We've got some uh, free rolls, some bonus free rolls, which I'm going to talk about a bit later on. Right, and it frees us up to do more of the fun stuff that we used to do when cards are down and we have no idea what the fuck is happening. We get to give stuff away. We get to talk a little bit more about uh, the the free rolls and the the one buck bounties and all that stuff. Exactly. Um, One big change that's kicking off in Barcelona, and I don't think this really affects the audience per se. This is more about the players. Uh, Neil Johnson, our head of live poker operations. Now, the audience are often players, though. That is true. So if you're thinking of playing an EPT, whether it's the main event or a side event, something you should be aware of, uh, it's available to read on the PokerStarsBlog.com, a post from Neil Johnson about the fact that they are changing the number of players that get paid, instead of paying 15% of the field, 20% are going to get really? paid. Yeah. Uh, but Neil is very keen to point out, and that's why I want to dwell on this point specifically, yeah. this shouldn't affect too adversely the top end. This doesn't necessarily mean that They're the first They're not flattening prize, out the... No. This is about the people at the bottom end, the people who min cash, is... So the, the min cash can be a lot smaller now. Exactly, because I think when we were paying 15%, you were looking at 1.7x your buy-in. I think it's going to be close to 1.1 or 1.2x. Wow. The so, idea is to just try and pay more people so they get their money back and are able to play more tournaments. So here are my, here are my first thoughts on this. That's going to change bubble day, right? Well, yes. Our world-famous bubble coverage is now likely to be at the tail end of day two, not at the top end of day three. Right. Weird. Yeah, we are fully prepared to come into day three already in the money. We're now expecting day two to be a slightly longer day because chances are we may keep going until we hit the money. And do you think that that will also change the post-bubble bust-out bonanza? Because I don't know if people are only making 1.1 if they're going to be as keen to like go broke as soon as the bubble bursts. I still think you're going to have a lot of short stacks coming into day three who are going to be getting busy during those first two levels. I'm sure it'll still it'll still happen, but I don't know if it'll be a you know as much. I don't know. I don't I don't know the fuck I'm talking about anyway. We'll have to see what happens. But crucially, if your favorite part of EPT Live is our world famous bubble coverage, make sure you're watching day two because chances are that bubble will That's burst. That's cool on day too. Two. I like that. You know, you only have to make it through two days to get paid. I don't know. I'm look. I'm a fish, right? <laughs> I'm the the quintessential fishy poker player. I want to come to Barcelona. I want to like get cash as easily as possible, make my 300 euro profit or whatever. I guess what? It would be 500 euros if you're getting paid 1.1. Yeah. So yeah, I, that's fine with me. Have a little have a little vacation, pay for my room service. Give me my money back. Yeah, exactly. 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 We're very, we're getting very close to what I pitched to Neil. The bubbleless tournament. We're getting there. Next I mean, season twenty five. Yeah, exactly. Five percent increments. We'll get we're there. Ninety eight percent of the field this year. Everybody. I'm sure you've seen some of the reaction on Twitter to this. I, I, it's it's not been received positively across the board. One person actually who sh- we should ask is our guest. Uh, Liv Bury, who I think it's probably worth calling. Now, of course, our plan was, Joe, to have like a full-length 
uh, normal Skype conversation with Liv from her hotel room in Barcelona. But for some unknown reason, Liv is not there yet. She is in transit. And I believe that she's not doing the easy thing, which is to fly directly from London to Barcelona. She's stopping off along the way. That's right. She's taken a connecting flight. <laughs> so I, I guess we should ask the question, um, Liv, where are you in the world? Uh, I'm in Munich. Very, very shortly. Okay, so this, just to be clear, this is a stopover between London and Barcelona. Yeah, well, it was convoluted reasons, but basically, uh, Igor had had a passport malfunction while we were in America, uh, in that his passport fell apart entirely. Somehow they let him fly home with it, which was nice. Right, uh, but he has to pick up a new one and and so on. You know, James, so, when you travel yeah, inter it's, it's, when you travel interdimensionally, as Igor often <laughs> does, it can be very difficult exactly. on your passport. See, I was going to ask whether this was a man-made disaster, whether the passport just fell apart because it was well used, or whether there was an incident <laughs> that resulted in said passport disintegrating. For once, actually, it wasn't really uh, Igor's cat candidness to blame. Um, which is, which is, hang on one second, I'm just trying to figure out where my gate is. Oh, I'm going away. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> no, I think it actually it was just poor German craftsmanship, in all honesty. There's no such thing as that. Well, that's uh, what I thought, but then his, I don't know, it's made of some canvasy material, whereas like, mine is made of some fake plasticky material, which lasts forever, and the canvas could not hold up to, to Eagle's fiddling. You know, I, the, I have a problem with the pa- with passports too it's that like my passport is too important to leave in my backpack right like it is the most important thing for me when i travel so i keep it in my back my back pocket but it destroys it yeah and then and then but it destroys it so i don't know why they don't build them better because they're always like your passports is a piece of shit i'm like i know because i sit on it for 13 hours at a time i I, yeah i don't know i i guess I really don't know why, because it can't be that hard to build something that's you know it doesn't get used that much you know it's not like you're using it every day right um who knows the intricacies of, of the uh, <laughs> political transport. So in summary, due to this passport crisis, you've had to stop off in Munich. You'll be arriving in Barcelona later today, I assume. It does mean that I'm going to have to cross out all these questions, which is how is Barcelona? What's the weather like? Do you have a good view from the hotel? Have you registered for anything <laughs> according yet? To Google, according to Google, the weather's 28 degrees Celsius. So that's nice. At um, least she did her research. I just, just found Eagle. He's being very, very loving. Stop it. I'm on, I'm on a podcast right now with James and Joe. No, no, no. Tell us more. What, is, <laughs> what are his hands doing? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Do you want to hear, do you want to hear the burn? He just goes, who's James and Joe? Wow. What? Wow. 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 I, I think, I think Mr. Kurganov <laughs> needs to be aware that tomorrow we record the commentary for the EPT Grand Final Super High Roller final table. And he is at that final table. And if he wants us to say nice things about his purple jacket, he better change his attitude. <laughs> I'm not taking it as a burn. I'm taking it as that this version of Igor from the multiverse comes from a planet where there is no James and Joe. That's true. That is true. We were discussing this recently, whether Igor is capable of balancing his ranges across the multiverse. You know, it's hard <laughs> enough just balancing your range in one universe, but imagine across the whole multiverse. Um, I don't understand why we're having this discussion, but we were, and uh, it's an interesting thing to think about. How you might even go about doing that. Well, Liv, you may not be in Barcelona, but let's talk about Barcelona because you will be there very soon. This always seems to be one of, if not the most popular stops 
on the EPT. Is it the destination itself or is it just the timing, the fact that it's after that break following the World Series? I think it's I think it's a nice combination of all of those things. Um, I'm sure the timing is great because there's not much else on. Um, for people in Europe, they haven't had Pokemon, you know, really big Pokestop in a while and they're hungry for it. Uh, I don't know, maybe it's, it's close by for a lot of... I don't know. I don't really know because it's actually not that convenient for all of Europe, but then again, it is. Um, and it's just really sunny and lovely. And I think it's, you know, the snowball got rolling and the word got out that it's really good and it, it just continued getting bigger. Liv, do you do other stuff when you're in Barcelona or do you just play poker? Uh, no, I, most, I, I do a lot of other stuff. Uh, I always end up going bizarrely to the cathedral every time. That's my favorite thing to do there. I love that thing so much, the Gaudi Cathedral, um, Sagrada Familia. It's so gorgeous on the inside. It's like something I'm more doing. You know, I've never been on the inside. Is, is it worth going in? Oh, it's, you've got to do it. It, it, it. Like, the outside is cool, but it's nothing compared to the inside. It's just, it's absolutely breathtaking. And when you're going there, I assume it's for, it's for a lot of praying? Uh, yeah, in, a, in a way, I guess. I, I, <laughs> I admire the human intellect, the ability to, um, to construct... And, you know, design such an incredible thing. I'd be a lot more impressed if they could finally finish the darn thing. I think they announced that they're going to, right? Isn't it going to be finished soon? <laughs> I mean, they, I mean, they've, they've been announcing they'll finish it for a, a few hundred years, I think. But uh, <laughs> I think it's set to be done by, like, 2030 or something like that, 2035. Um, yeah. But it, it's basically done. Like, on the inside, like, it looks like it's done. You, you know, they all they had to do is ban the siesta. That thing would have been finished, like, 100 years ago. <laughs> for sure. So apart from the sightseeing, when it comes to the poker, Liv, what is on your schedule? What events will you definitely 100% be playing? Um, so when we land, we're going to go jump in the, uh, the 10K. Um, I don't know what it's called, whether it's a high roller. I guess it is. Um, and then, I'm unfortunately, I'm not playing the main event this year. Wow. Which is a, a ton of pain to say that. Fuck uh, it, I'm not be, going. Um, <laughs> Recently, one of my old, my my oldest friends is getting married very inconveniently on on day five. Uh, oh, actually, on day six, she's getting married. But there's like the pre wedding; it's in the French Alps. It's on like on the day on day five, and it it's not really playing to then be like kind of hoping I bust by day day five or day six. What kind of a friend schedules their wedding for during the Barcelona main event? I know, right? I actually love the fact that Liv is a human being and is will go to her. Because how many poker players would be like, nah, sorry, it's the first stop of the EPT, can't make it. I know. Yeah, seriously. And I've had to, I've had like good friends' weddings before, very close friends' weddings before for other things as well. And I just, I'm like, I can't do this again. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going. I assume it means your friend's marriage may last too because there's some weddings I'm like, nah, I'll make the next one. Yeah, no, I think this one will last. She's she's very like she's she's in her late thirties and she's certainly like planned and waited for the right guy and, and she's found him, so I'm not I'm not missing this one. Since uh that is in the French Alps. How cool is that? That is very cool. Uh we're gonna have to have you back on to talk about the French Alp wedding after the fact. Liv, I since you're not playing the main event, I know I remember that you satellited into the one hundred and eleven thousand one hundred eleven dollar one drop this year. Are you going to try to satellite into the 50K in Barcelona? Mm, maybe. Um, possibly. I want to sort of see what the projected field... Because obviously the, the 111K is, is generally considered an easier field than the 50K. Um, and I would agree with that. So it's kind of worthwhile, you know, sort of shopping for these, for these fatties. But 
I'm not sure. The 50K is, is often so tough. What was the event last year, Liv, the high roller that you had a, a big cash in? Uh, the 25K. That was the one-day one, right? That was, that was awesome. That was a very fun. Well, it turned into a two-day. Yes, it was meant to be a one-day, but it ended up being finished about three days after it started. Yeah. No, we, we played down to three, to the, to the final three, the three of us, and then it was like the end. And they were like, we have to close the, the room, and so can you guys come back tomorrow or another day and finish <laughs> it up? But this brings us back to the fact that Barcelona is always so popular, and you, the fields in every event are just massive. It was... It was that's the thing. Like it was, I think they had at least 150 runners for the thing. Like a 25k, it was absolutely enormous. It might have even been more, um, maybe 200 even. And uh, and that's the thing that actually might make me, you know, the 50k. Who knows? It's been tough in the past, but like with the field sizes and the way they've just been going up and up, maybe it will be, you know, very very worth uh, worthwhile. We're trying to get into so. Yeah, I'm I'm so excited to see it, and I'm also sad that I won't be playing the main because I imagine they're going to get like two thousand runners this year or something. Yeah. So. If you were to go like uh, have like a huge score in the ten k and like you know runner up or win it or something, would that be like a slam dunk that you then play the twenty five k afterward? Uh, not necessarily. It's still you know because it depends how much action I have of myself, etc. Um, how I'm feeling, possibly. I know I would be extremely tempted to play it if that happened, but. Still. I'm responsible these days. Liv so. went fairly deep in the main event of the World Series this year too, right? Yeah, like 500. I mean, that's that's something where there were like, what, almost 7,000 people or something that played? Yeah, no, it was it was really fun. It was, it was good to have a run like that. Um, and, uh, you know, a friend of mine is, is on the FT, which is so exciting. It goes to November 9 at last. I've never been before, or October 9, whatever it's called. Um, but, yeah, we're going to be there this year. What? And, uh Yeah. I gotta check the date of that because I'd like to go to that too. I'm a I'm a big Griffin Benger fan myself. It's got to be pretty close to Malta, right? Because it's in October yeah. this year. Malta concludes just before Halloween. It's going to be a really tight turnaround. Oh, is it really? I haven't checked the date. Uh, I don't want another wedding scenario. No, exactly. <laughs> you don't want to miss another EPT main event. You can't miss two in a row. Yeah. Um, now I appreciate that. Obviously, you do have the the red spade stamped on you, Liv. But I want your honest answer to this question. We were talking earlier on about the big change that's just been made uh, to the EPT events, with the prize pools now being divided a little bit differently, with the top twenty percent rather than the top fifteen percent getting paid. Fifteen, right? Yeah. yeah. And there being now more min caches, and by min, we're talking like literally your money back or like a, a 1.1 x return on your investment yeah what is your feelings on that because i think it's fair to say the reception's been mixed um it's just on the main events right it's not across all, all, all tournaments i think it's across the board okay well that that changes my opinion if it's just the main event i actually think it's a good idea um because there's so many qualifiers and satellite winners who you know their dream is just the cash um, and you're going to just leave, you know, make so many more happy faces, which is, I think, ultimately the main goal with with running EPCs, right? It's about having as many satisfied customers as possible. Um, you know, and I think that should be all of our goals with, in terms of like growing poker, and you know, that's what these main events are really kind of all about. It's about making you know a lot of people want to come and play, and then they'll play the side events. But in terms of doing it with the side events, I think that I think it's overkill. Um, I don't think they have done it with the side events, but 
Well, I've just gone back because you questioned it, Liv. I just went back to the uh, Neil Johnson blog post that Joe and I were talking about a moment ago. And it says that payouts will be 20% of the field across EPTs. The only events excluded from that are the local tours. Uh, All the local tours will run out their seasons and then will then shift. But if it's an EPT event at the Barcelona Festival, whether it's the main event, a 1,000 euro hyper or the 500 euro horse, you're looking at a 20% payout. I really don't like that. It does seem a little weird for the super high rollers for them to like, you know, pay that many places. Oh, yeah, exactly. For like again, for the sort of big field events, um, particularly ones that have a lot of qualifiers, you know, like the Australias and those sort of it may, maybe makes a lot of sense to do that. Um, you know, again, I'm sure Pug stars have the numbers and, and, and you know, the market research to figure that out. But for something like a super high roller, I imagine it would be very poorly received by all the players. You know, it'll actually probably damage the numbers. Again, people will not wanting to play because the edges will be smaller. Everyone has to, you know, probably overestimate their edge on these things. And so there'll be a lot of people just going, well, it's not as worthwhile for me. Um, and so I think if they're doing it for super high rollers, I imagine there'll be a, probably an outcry. I'm not sure. So, um, I, I can't really comment on it without knowing certain that it's happening one last thing Liv because I know you I know you guys got a board soon uh, well I was going to ask you what is the coolest thing that you did this summer oh getting a VR headset that might be a peak experience which one did you Igor get just got the um, HTC Vive he was going to get the Oculus Rift and then cancelled it and got the HTC because um, I tried out the Oculus once before and and then HTC and the, the graphics are just so much better and like the, the gameplay and everything it's, it's the coolest thing you can do in your house it's, in, it's insane. You can you can relive the Apollo Apollo moon landing. You can uh, you can have a bow and arrow and basically be Katniss and try and shoot stuff as a game. And it's like extremely accurate. You can you can control the universe. You're like in universe and you can fire like stars at one another. And it's it's so believable and amazing. And oh, I, I highly recommend everyone to go get one. Have you tried it with porn yet? Huh? With porn yet? No, not yet. But I'm. I who knows? <laughs> you can never say you can never say no. You got to try everything once, right? Oh, look, Liv, if if anyone's going to give it a go with porn, I'm sure that you are high up on the list. Myself being slightly above you, <laughs> Liv. Uh, we know you got to get on your flight soon, so we're going to cut you loose. I had a game we're going to play with you. We'll save it for next time, and uh, we'll see you in Barcelona. All right, guys. Sweet. See you soon. Bye. See you later on today. Bye. Thank you. So our thanks to Liv, and yes, we will see her there when we arrive this weekend. Of course, we're not in Barcelona. She thought she was going to see us today, but... uh, Yeah, but we're not actually flying till this weekend. Once again, reminding you that we start on the 22nd of August with our seven days of live streaming on EPT Live. Also, we're going to be recording the InVision version of the podcast. Yeah, so my question always is, you know how much I stress out about this, about how like I want, since we're on in video, I like there to be some video to roll along with it. Is there going to be anything fun going on, hashtag stars fun, that we can do and maybe film us? Okay, well, I've lined us up a guest. The aforementioned Neil Johnson is going to be <laughs> coming Johnson. on. Uh, we mentioned earlier on in the show that Luca Vivaldi is going to be the super fan. Let's have a look at hashtag stars fun. As usual, Joe, most of it's going on when we're not free. I know. For example, once again, they're doing the dealer auditions on the final day of the tournament. When we're streaming the cards up we're coverage of the we're main event. We're a busy that day. And also, it's too late for the podcast. The party's on the 21st. I think that's the day you arrive. Um, there is a charity event on the first day of the st- of our streaming, which is the Super High Roller final table, which we won't be able to play. But I have talked to Sue 
our charity person mm-hmm. about the possibility of us doing maybe a pre-recorded interview with the special guest in that charity event, Mike Tyndall, Shark Cage Season oh, cool. 1 runner-up. He was super fun. Mike is now an ambassador for Right to Play, so he's going to be in Barcelona, so maybe we can chat to Mike. Also, playing... Was there a Right to Play thing during the Olympics? I think you're right, there yeah. was. Yeah. Uh, also going to be at that charity event is the table tennis player Darius Knight and he's doing a table tennis challenge. Dude, table tennis is perfect. It's such a fun thing to watch. But again, the table tennis challenge happening on the 22nd when we're streaming the Super High Roller. So let me try and pull in some favors with Sue and see if we can get you, me and Matt playing table tennis against Darius that morning before we actually go That live. would be so much fun. Uh, there's also a Q&A with Daniel Negreanu on the 22nd. Whatever, I don't who cares okay um (laughs) so there is plenty of hashtag stars fun but as ever great for people who are in barcelona who are playing the ept not so great for those of us who are working the ept i'm gonna throw a little something out there i'm not ready to talk about it yet but daniel's been coaching me in something recently something i'm gonna unveil later um not hearthstone is it just something that we're gonna talk about at a later date i'm not ready i've been secretly training for something and uh daniel i'm hoping that i can have we can have daniel on the show and we can talk about it together okay now he's got his own podcast he'll probably big time us <laughs> uh let's quickly talk about the free rolls because every day that we are on air with ept live from the 22nd through to the 28th there will be a free roll which in european time will be at 9 15 in the evening so most of the time the free roll will be after we've gone off air but while we're on air we will reveal the password which you'll need to get into that daily free roll two thousand dollars in the prize pool but we have some bonus free rolls for you replacing the one buck bounty bonanza oh rip is the ept live bounty bonus okay every day of the main event okay so this is the 24th through to the 28th okay five special ept live bonus free rolls 500 dollars added plus bounties now joe we are of course in spain the dot es market and that means we are unable to play uh-huh. in our own free rolls and in our own bounty bonus tournaments. Is that why there's no one buck bounty bonanza? Or is this, no, this that's a change for the it. whole season? But the bounties have been replaced by members of Team Pokestars Pro Who Online. Won't be in Barcelona. Correct. So when if we do this again in Malta, yeah. you, me, and Matt can play this. But as far as the Barcelona free rolls are concerned, it's going to be Kevin Martin, Lex Veldhaus, Jamie Staples, and Randy Liu from Team Pro Online who will be the $50 bounties in these tournaments. Now, these are going to be taking place while we're on air. So the great thing is we'll have a chance to chat to these guys, plus hopefully commentate on their action in these tournaments. Four o'clock Central European time, every day of our main event coverage, $50 bounties, $500 prize pool. But how you get into these is by registering on Poker School Online. Now, I assume ah. that many of our viewers, many of our listeners are already members of PSO. If you're not, you can sign up for free. And if you sign up, you can click a link, which will give you your five $1.10 tickets for these free rolls. So they're not free rolls? They're free buys because got it. Okay, you, because basically there is the chance that you can use other one dollar ten cents tickets, and also if you go broke in the early levels, you can rebuy for one dollar ten cents. Oh, cool! And does I mean that goes into the prize pool also? Absolutely, and crucially, five hundred dollars added 
by PokerStars, the $50 bounty added by PokerStars, plus additional prize money from people who are rebuying during those early levels. Cool. So crucially, PokerSchoolOnline.com, log into your account or register for an account and follow the links to click on your five-ticket package which will get you into those five bonus free rolls taking place during our main event coverage so hopefully that'll be a lot of fun and if it works if it's if it's a success maybe we can roll it out for malta as well yeah well i won't get the chance to play them we won't but hopefully they still exist (laughs) by By the the time time we we get to malta uh so plenty of fun and just a quick reminder pokestars.tv kicking off on the 22nd of august seven days of streaming we hope to see you there get involved in the conversation hashtag ept live on twitter or of course if you're watching on facebook live or twitch though there's the live chat option as well sandy and now another chapter in the life of sandy the degenerate fuck so this Sandy story comes from, uh, actually it's Sandy in more than one way, because it takes place on the beach in Barcelona. And just to be clear, this is a Barcelona-themed edition, keeping in, in, in line with the rest of the show. Absolutely. This, uh, this took place in Barcelona a few years ago on the beach, and Sandy um, at this point um, was a single man. Sandy uh, at this point was a little drunk. And Sandy decided that he was going to go down to the beach with another man's girlfriend. And Sandy and the other man's girlfriend went down to the beach in Barcelona and they didn't have... It wasn't like a well-thought-out plan because Sandy doesn't really plan things out very well. No, he doesn't. So Sandy didn't have a towel and Sandy did not have a bathing suit. And Sandy thought it might be fun to go skinny dipping with another man's girlfriend. This is an example of degeneracy and idiocy. Absolutely. Sandy is a degenerate fuck, as you know, and is oftentimes also an idiot. So Sandy and uh, the other man's girlfriend go down into the water, into the ocean, have themselves a lovely time to come back to the beach to find that their clothes are gone. Yeah, that can happen (laughs) in Barcelona. Personal security is something that should be taken seriously, Sandy. Absolutely. So Sandy, uh, even though he did not want to be caught with the other man's girlfriend, was then forced to walk back to the hotel in the buff. I believe they stole someone else's towels at this point <laughs> to cover themselves up. Um, Sandy somehow did not get caught for this transgression because... Which is why Sandy is still alive to this that's day. That's right. Sandy is still alive to this day. But this, the moral of the story is, do not leave your things unattended in Barcelona. We don't like to talk shit about the places we go to, but it's it's no secret that things get stolen in Barcelona, especially if you're out nude with another man's girlfriend. Here endeth the lesson from the book of Sandy. Okay, time to give away some prizes now on EPC Not Live. One of them loves the EPT, knows it inside out, and would do anything for the European Poker Tour. The other one is Joe Stapleton. It's Superfan versus Stapes. So this feature's been a bit international recently, but this week we're keeping it simple. You're in the UK, I'm in the UK. Our Superfan is in the UK. He's not in the room, is he? No, he is on the line. His name is Andy Harper, and he is a self-confessed snooker fanatic. Hello, Andy. Hello. Andy, is snooker the one where you have to hit the ball off the rails like 17 times and then you get points for that? No, that's uh, French billiards. Snooker's the one with the ridiculous number of coloured balls that you have to pot in a certain order. 
And you can't call it snooker, right? It uh, has... the, apparently so. I've uh, all my Irish friends do. Okay, good because there's no other words. Do, do you guys say booger or booger? What? Uh, booger, like something you pull out of your nose. No, we call that a bogey. A bogey. Okay, like if someone's booking your talent, would you call them a talent booker? Uh, I don't think so. Like when uh, else is a double O pronounced as ooh? Uh, in goo. I love the fact that you are looking for consistency in the English language. Like my friend is a short order, my friend is a short order kook. I mean, wh where do you start <laughs> no, when I it know. comes to the assembly English of letters? English is fucked. It doesn't matter. English, English, American English. It's all fucking stupid. Anyway, a lot I of people near me call cores coors, if that works. Coors. Coors. Yeah, we call it coors. So I guess, all right, see, there's no rhyme or reason to no, it. It's there just, isn't. It's just completely random. Andy, who's your daddy and what does he do? And that's just my way of asking you, what's your deal, bro? Uh, I am a math graduate and a videographer uh, um, for a profession. Do you want to use your math degree in a in a job, or is, or is videography your real passion? Uh, I started off liking maths, but when you've done a when you've done a degree of it, you're kind of sick of numbers. So uh, <laughs> I mean, they got calculators. I'm not really sure what else there's to be they done don't in let the you, math. They field. don't let you use them in exams. The, no, the, the, no, yeah, you have to. The, that's the extra. That's the extra bit. They're like, no, no, no calculators. You have to do all the sine, cosine functions in your head, which is bizarre. That's amazing. Like you sign up for math, and you're like, guys, we got calculators. And then you get to class on the first day, and they just confiscate them all. And you're like, no, I've made, I've made, I've, I've, I've made a huge mistake. You got the Chuck McGill bin outside. They didn't tell us. They let us do the whole year there. of lessons without the, with the calculators, and then on the exam paper, there's a big, big writing. It says no calculators permitted. That is some bullshit. So wait, so what do you videographize? Um, uh, adverts, uh, YouTube content, cool. stuff like that. So you like, work. Uh, one matter. We did we did his YouTube channel, the United midfielder. We did some of his content and stuff Suker. like that. Soccer, sorry, <laughs> soccer. Yes. Andy, we've established you're a big snooker fan. You're also a poker fan. I do. I love poker very much. How did you discover the game? Uh, I was playing snooker. And the uh, in up in like an attic snooker hall, it was like really uh, dank and dusty place. And there was these old guys at the back playing uh, playing cards. And I went and I went over. I was like, "Oh, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing?" And they were like, uh, "Have a seat. Bring money." <laughs> yes, they, yes, they did. They, they, they were like, "Oh, pull up a pull up a chair, son. I'll show you how to play." <laughs> uh, so I was like, "Oh, I'm, I'm, I must be able to do this. I've done a maths degree." So I sat down and I got dealt ace deuce, and I was like, "Oh, I have an ace. That's it. I must I must have the best hand." So I just jammed all my money in the middle, got snapped off with Ace King. I was like, oh, there's more to this game than I thought. Uh, now, I appreciate the <laughs> That's fact... That's the that last hand he ever lost. <laughs> now, you have chosen as your specialist subject the poker player Phil Luck. So I'm going to go out on a limb here and suggest that you might be a bit of a Phil Luck fanboy. Uh, yes, yes, for my sins. No, uh, it's because he was... Uh, every, uh, everyone who plays... Because poker's really fun and really, like nice way to think about things it's a interesting puzzle but everyone that was playing it was so serious and uh, he was the first person that really came across as like yeah he gets it he enjoys it so uh, that's why i really liked watching him play i'm glad that we're doing the super fan quiz about phil lock and not about snooker because clearly i didn't even know what it was at the start of this um james i don't know if you knew this going in or not but phil lock is my all-time 
favorite poker. You I, did know that. I did okay. know that. And that's why I thought this was going to be an interesting segment because yeah. you obviously love that guy. Love I love Phil. him for the same reason that Andy does. I think he's super funny to watch. He genuinely is hysterical. Like I, you know, fancy myself a bit of a funny person. I watch him and I'm like in awe of how funny that dude is. Well, I'm hoping this is going to be a close contest uh, because Joe's in the studio. I've kept the questions in a sealed envelope. Who, licked, who licks that envelope? Do you lick it yourself it's before? It's self-sealing. Come oh. on. Um, I'm just saying if something needs to be licked. Uh, Joe, you've done this joke at least three times no, during the existence come on. of the podcast. Witnesses. Is that true? This well, is, yeah. Like, I'm getting the nod. <laughs> no one's nodding. <laughs> that guy's never even done the podcast before. <laughs> Hi, Matt. Uh, you are the super fan. You are our guest, Andy. Therefore, you get to choose whether you're going first or second, taking the odd numbered questions or the even numbered questions. Uh, I'll go. I'll go first. Why not? Okay, let's get this started. Superfan versus stakes. So the first round is basically true or false statements. And you just simply have to tell me, Andy, whether they're true or false. You've got five each, so here are your five. Phil was born in Dublin. He was. Correct, for a point. Wait, hold on, I'm back. I'm back on the, on the bells. Phil is the same age as Joe Stapleton. Uh, oh. Well, I know Phil was born when Phil was born, but I don't know when Joe was born. Uh, no, I, I feel, Joe must be younger. Is oh. Phil not 43? Phil is 43, so I'm afraid that was true. You don't get a point there, Andy. Uh, Phil made a cameo appearance in the Knight Rider reboot. He did. He did. I, he remember, did looking, I remember finding the movie so I could watch. What the fuck? He really it. was? That's awesome. Uh, I didn't know that. Phil won the WPT Season 2 Battle of Champions. He won the Celebrity Invitational. Was that the same one in 2004? No, this uh, is the WPT Season 2 Battle of Champions. He obviously got into that by winning the Invitational. No, then he didn't, I don't think. Correct, he finished sixth in that. And your last true or false question. Phil's hooded sweatshirt was given to him by Antonio Esfandiari. No, it was given to him by Gus Hansen. Correct. What the actual fuck? So, I do not have a prayer in this. And he just got four out of five. It's 50-50. Worst case scenario, you're flipping a coin. I'm the worst at flips. So here we go, Joe. Here are your true or false statements. Phil was a backgammon player before turning to poker. True. Correct, for a point. Phil has a degree in mechanical engineering. True. Correct, for a point. Phil was the dealer on the TV series Hollywood Hold'em. Uh, I know he was a dealer on a TV series, but I thought it was called the Hollywood Home Game, but I'm going to say true. It is true, for a point. Phil's Twitter handle is at RealPhilLock. True. False. It's just at PhilLock. And your final true or false statement, Phil sent two different players to the shark cage. True. Correct. Gareth. And Chase Alexander. So it's tied at four points all as we get into the second round, which I like to call money, money, money. I'm holding my own. So your question, Andy, and they are multiple choice. You're going to get the options. What is Phil's current rank on the all-time money list? 193rd, 273rd, 333rd, or 483rd? Ooh. Um, can I hear them again? 193rd, 273rd, 333rd, 483rd. I'm going to take a guess B. Correct. He is 273rd on the all-time money list. Nice. That was so lucky. Oh, my God. I would have got that wrong. That was like aces versus deuces. 80% (laughs) came roaring in. Joe, in which year did Phil record his first live 
cash. 2000, 2001, 2002, or 2003? Uh, I'm gonna go with 2002. Correct! Woo! And we still have a tied game. Your next question, Andy. How many World Series of Poker events did Phil cash in this summer? Two, four, five, or seven? Uh, four. Correct. Wow. And there's a bonus question for you. One of those caches was in event number two, which is better known as... Oh, is that the uh, event number two? Is that the, is that the monster stack? It's not. You can steal, Joe, for a point. Event number two is better known as... The Casino Employees event. No, it's better known as the Colossus. Ah! Uh, Joe, how many EPT main events has Phil cashed in? Zero, one, two, or three? Zero. Incorrect. He has one cash, but you still get the bonus question. Where did Phil score that EPT main event cash? EPT London. Incorrect. You can steal this, Andy. Um, Monaco. Correct, for wow, a point. nice. So Andy's ahead now, right? By one? By two. Shit! It's seven points to five. Final round. Trivia! Once again, multiple choice options are available. Andy, which of the following sentences does not appear in Phil's Twitter profile? I like putting grapes on my cereal. I love the occasional nap. I need strong coffee. I am a time scientist. Which one doesn't? Yes. Uh, B? No, it was C. He does love the occasional nap. He does not need strong coffee. Joe, who did Phil beat heads up to win his WSOPE bracelet? Chris Bjorin, Willie Tan, James Aikenhead, or Andrew Pantling? Willie Tan. Incorrect, it was Andrew Pantling. Yeah. That was the one I eliminated. That was the one I was sure it wasn't. Andy, which of the following poker movies does not feature a cameo appearance from Phil? Runner Runner, The Grand, Lucky You, or Deal? Lucky You, he's not in Lucky You. Correct, for a point. Wow, I got, I got that one wrong too. Joe, in 2010, Phil set the world record for the longest time playing poker in a single session. How many hours did he last? 115, 120, 125, or 130? 130. Incorrect. It was 115. The final score, eight points to Andy, five to Joe. Congratulations, Andy. You have crushed this game of Superfan versus Stapes. Fantastic. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> Good job, Andy. So, Andy, we are going to ship you a 27 euro Step C ticket, so hopefully you can satellite your way into an EPT main event, and also you get the Everyone Loves a Chop Pot t-shirt. Brilliant. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Good work, Andy. I hate you. <laughs> Love you too. Bye. Bye. <laughs> all right, kids, that's all the time we've got for the Barcelona preview show. Next week will be EPT, not live at EPT Live. You will be able to see us as well as hear us. The podcast will still exist in audio form, but I do suggest watching it if you can because there's always stuff we have to chop out because it looks cool but doesn't sound that cool. Like ping pong, for example. I'd like to think that everyone who is listening to this show is going to be watching our live stream on Pokestars.tv from the first leg of EPT 13, and they will catch the podcast as part of their overall viewing experience of Barcelona. Yes, and speaking of overall viewing experience, I, for the first time ever this weekend, James, Friday and Saturday, I'm going to Edinburgh 
for the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Um, so if anybody's listening to this is around Edinburgh, wants to uh, hang out, I'm going to go see Lucille Caillé's show. She's got like a month-long show happening at Edinburgh uh, where she talks about the fact that uh, she won a million dollars in our grand final and uh, was broke, I think, less than a year later. And I won't give away uh, how that came to be, but she's very open and honest in her show. I'm going to be seeing that Friday night, 7.40 p.m. Saturday, I have booked uh, a compare gig. Uh, at 3 o'clock on Saturday, I'm going to be comparing. And if I pick up any other spots, I'll be tweeting about them. But I would love to see you guys. Everyone who listens to the show is welcome to come join me at any of the things I'm doing and or come out and see me compare a show. So if you happen to catch this and want to catch me, I would greatly appreciate it. That is all the time. Like I said, we got to get ready to go to Edinburgh and then Barcelona. We will see you guys there. For James Hardigan, I am Joe Stapleton. Smell you later. Smell you later.